Hey there, SLP. You are listening to this podcast, so I know that you love to listen to podcasts. And if that is the case, then I know that you are going to love my secret private podcast, Secondary Secrets for SLPs. It's six short episodes that will have you walking away feeling refreshed and inspired and ready to take on those challenging secondary speech students. So if you work with grades four through 12 and are in a planning rut or wanting some fresh new ideas to keep your students motivated, make sure you head to speechtimefun.com slash secondary secrets. You are not going to find this podcast in your iTunes podcast search browser. You can only get access by going to that link. So head to it now. It is six short episodes that you can listen to it in under an hour, like totally Netflix binge-worthy. I made this just for you, and I know you are going to love it. SLPs have been telling me already that it has changed their way for working with their older speech students. So head on over, again, to speechtimefund.com slash secondarysecrets, or use the link in the show notes, and I can't wait to hear what you think. Now let's head on to this week's episode of SLP Coffee Talk. You are listening to SLP Coffee Talk. I am your host, Hallie Sherman, and I am a licensed speech-language pathologist who is in the trenches working full-time in a public school in New York. I am the author of the blog and Teachers Pay Teachers store, Speech Time Fun, where I love helping other SLPs conquer the overwhelm and get back hours spent on prepping activities. I am here to help you be the best SLP you can be and have fun while doing it. Just like your morning cup of coffee, this podcast is just what you need to start the day or week. Let's jump into today's Coffee Talk. Hey, hey, and welcome to another episode of SLP Coffee Talk. Today, I don't have an SLP. I have a dear friend of mine who I'm actually in a mastermind with, and I knew when I heard what she was doing for her community, I knew I had to have her on our show here because so many of you can benefit from this, not just brand new SLPs, but every SLP under the sun. So welcome, Lori, to the show. Thank you so much for having me on the show, Hallie. It's so fun to be here. So tell everyone a little bit about yourself and what you're doing to help brand new teachers. So my name is Dr. Lori Friesen. I'm host of the Beginning Teacher Talk podcast, and I'm a creator of the Ready for School Academy. And I taught elementary school for about 10 years in Canada, Hong Kong, and Japan. I've taught at the college and university level. I've literally taught kids age two to 72. So in Japan, I was teaching like housewives that were 72 years old. It was so much fun. But the highlight of my year so far has been getting to meet Oprah Winfrey virtually. I can't believe I met her. Seriously crazy story. And it's literally my goal and my mission to be the mentor for new teachers that I wish I had when I first started teaching so that they can become the teacher they've always dreamed of being. That's so amazing. And it's so true. When when Lori told me that she was going to be like meeting Oprah, I was like, that is like hashtag goals and like amazing. So you can see why I wanted to have her here, because if Oprah wanted to hear what she has to say, clearly (laughs) all of us do as well. (laughs) That's so funny. So one thing Lori helps all of her students with and all of the new teachers with is having that school home life balance. And I know so many SLPs can really benefit from tips and tricks because so many are the last ones to leave the parking lot yes. who are bringing the bag of, you know, files and 
things home and are not spending time with their family. Instead, they're busy planning for their next day. What advice or tips can you give? Well, I think that you hit upon a very important point that one of the reasons that teachers, especially new teachers, work so many hours in the beginning is because it's just so hard to discern what is actually essential and what we can truly put off until later. And I think in part, that's because we feel like we're getting judged all the time. We feel like we're getting evaluated by our administration. Well, we know we are. And we're feeling that external pressure also from parents and from other people who come into our classrooms. And we feel like we have to have it all together. And most of the time, as you know, we feel like we actually don't have anything together. That's how we feel in the first few years. We have this huge, overwhelming feeling of never being able to do enough because we really don't know yet what we're doing. We are new at this and we have no gauge of even knowing what enough is. So it's really hard for us to understand how to separate school from a private life because the overwhelm can be huge. So if you're a new teacher and you're feeling all of this, please know it's completely normal. We do all go through this, especially in the first few years of teaching. And today, I really wanted to share with you on this podcast today about it's really an art and a practice when it comes to separating school from life, especially as a new teacher. But I think as teachers, we struggle with this our entire lives because it's in part mindset. That's a big thing that I work on with my teachers because we all, I think, are a work in progress for humans first. And it's a part mindset and it's a part letting go of what we think needs to happen. And it's also, as I'm very practical about putting in some very practical strategies that we can use to help us separate school from home. So the first step is to decide what is actually essential. One of the things that's most helpful for me in determining like what is the most essential is that I don't actually keep a to-do list in front of me all the time. I have a master to-do list, but it's divided into three sections. And this was a game changer for me. So if you're a list person, this might be very helpful for you. So the first section is things I'd like to work on this year. The second is things I'd like to work on this month. And the third is what is essential to do this week. And the key is I only give myself what I can see I can manage for this week. So anything that is not manageable within this week, I take that off of that section and I move it to one of the other two. That doesn't mean I'm not going to do it. It doesn't mean that it isn't super important, but I'm only going to put on my list for this week the things that I can feel good about knowing that I can get it done. And then I actually map that out into my planner. And I think the reason that, at least for me, I feel so overwhelmed sometimes is because when we look at this huge long list, and we all have them as teachers, as moms, as parents, I mean, there's just so much to do. It's a constant reminder of what we aren't getting done. But when we can chunk it down and we actually put things on our calendar, and if you're like me, checking it off, right, into bite-sized pieces, feels so good. Yes, it's like an endorphin hit, right? And you start to trust that it's going to work out. So you can actually trust, I am going to get done what I need to do. So for me, when I was looking at the big long to-do list, it was just overwhelmed. Like I'd feel it in my chest, in my shoulders. But when I started to go, okay, like the sky is not going to fall chicken little if you do not actually get all of this done this week, even for us overachievers, even for those of us who think we have to get all done. So the secret is to getting everything done in your to-do list for just this week and then commit to only getting that done. So true. Like, do you really have to change that bulletin board? Maybe the report that's due this week is probably more important than changing that bulletin board up. Yes. And this is actually one thing that I teach inside my academy for new teachers. It's literally five steps to preparing for the school year to all of the essential things that you need to get done. 
And I talk about bulletin boards that you can keep up all year long. If you want to add a heart for Valentine's Day, great. If you want to add some glitter or tinsel for Christmas, great, or whatever holidays you're celebrating. But whatever it is that you're going to do in your classroom, make it an accessory, but keep the foundation the same because we see on Pinterest, we see on Instagram, all these amazing things that we want to do. But again, what do you really want to do? Do you want to spend your time in your classroom until 8 or 10 o'clock at night? Or do you actually want to be with your family? So when you start prioritizing in terms of here's what actually needs to get done and not actually what I need to do, what I want to do, that's fun. You can start making that separation and it becomes a little bit easier. But of course, <laughs> the next step is giving yourself permission, right? Because mm-hmm. are you like this? It's mm-hmm. hard to give myself permission to just let it go for this week. Because I'm like, no, 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 but I have to. Elsa, Elsa's in the house saying, let it go. <laughs> <laughs> Elsa's in the house. You're so funny. Uh-huh. So what happens is, okay, we say, right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do the three steps like Lori said. I'm going to do the week. And then you wake up in the middle of the night and you have a million more things. You're like, oh, but I forgot about this. And I forgot about this. I forgot about this. So one of the things that worked for me and that I'm starting to use in my own life is keeping that notepad beside my bed. I don't know if you've tried this, but as things come even, up for me. I even just use like the notes app on my phone sometimes. Like, yeah. Just write it down because I will not fall back to sleep because I'll be worried I'm going to forget it. So. Yeah. But don't sleep with your phone by your bed because that'll also keep your mind going. I know. I know I'm bad. I know. That's where my charger is. I know. But whatever you're going to use, you're going to do what you're going to do. Yeah. But just having a place to get it out of your head and onto paper or onto a screen or whatever it is when you wake up in the middle of the night, then you can take that list. And again, look at your three. Is it going to get done this week, this month, or this year? Are you going to give yourself permission to let it go for even till next month or even till like two months from now? And I think for me, as long as I could still see it, I knew I was going to get it done. It just didn't have to get done right away because that pressure, again, is from feeling like it has to get done right now, like right away. So those are my first things that I always work on. That's amazing. Another practical way to separate your school and your family life is to create more space throughout your week by streamlining your planning. And I'm sure you talk a lot about planning and streamlining planning tips on your podcast We could probably talk for hours about this, but one thing I do want to caution if new teachers are listening, this is a skill set. It's going to improve over time. It's going to take you time. So don't expect to be a master planner and to be leaving with the kids at 3.30 every day because you're a new teacher. It's not going to happen. I know you see teachers doing it and it's possible. Let me paint that vision. It's all possible for you, but it is a practice and you have to start doing what works for you. Find what planning tips work for you and which ways are going to be best for you. So for example, for me, I'm going to give you a few ideas and I want your imagination to just run with, well, could I do something similar or would it look a little different for me? For me, I started batch planning and I think a lot of teachers do eventually get to this, but I chose Wednesday evenings for my batch planning night. And on Wednesday night, I would bring my dinner to school and I would plan to stay there until seven or eight and I'd get all of my planning done for the next week. But every day I left at 3.30 because I had done that, right? I had spent that time on Wednesdays. But during that planning time, I batched by subject. So SLPs, it might be a little different. For us, it might be be more goals or group types. So Okay. Yeah, or groups or grades or however you're working with students. So for me, I would plan all my language arts for the entire week and then all of my math for the entire week. So each subject would be on its own. And then I would keep two lists as I planned. And this was another thing. I'm a list person, but it really helped me to keep my mind organized and things clear. So I kept one list of things I needed to copy and another for things I needed to buy or get. 
And that way I could literally go to the photocopy room. I could do all my photocopying in one shot for all of my plans, for all of my subject areas in one time. I wasn't waiting for the photocopier every morning throughout the week. I wasn't running to the photocopier last minute. I literally had it all done in one hour, all of my photocopying. And then I had a list of things to buy or get. So when I left my planning time that night, it's like a grocery list. I knew throughout the week, oh, I need to get cotton balls for that science experiment. Oh, I need to get sunflower seeds for this or whatever it is. But I'd have that list of whatever I needed to buy or get. So little hacks like that really helped me to streamline my planning and to plan for the entire week much less in much less time than it would have taken if I had planned every single day, like separately every day. So if you're looking for a very practical way to separate your home and school life, I highly recommend and encourage you to start looking at your planning strategically and think about what's one way that I could start streamlining my planning so I'm spending less time at school. What's one area? I don't know what it is for SLPs in particular, but if there's one area that you could, I know that you're selling great curriculum, (laughs) right? So that could be one thing. So I see a lot of new teachers creating everything from scratch. Why? Thousands of teachers, master teachers have come and done this before you. There's no need to recreate it. So if there's a subject you don't like, or if there's a part of your job you really don't like planning for, invest, give yourself that time back by investing in some curriculum rather than creating it all from scratch. So that would be a big recommendation I have for my teachers. I'm always telling them, please, like, don't do it all yourself and create it all from scratch. Yes. In addition to that, like I mentioned, Wednesday nights was when I planned and I did spend until eight o'clock every night on Wednesdays because I am a high achiever. I always love to have everything ready and planned. But I also was very clear about sticking to my office hours. And I think we've heard this. It's gotten more popularity on social media trending a little bit. But when it comes to interacting with your students and with your parents, you need to have a cutoff time. We're contracted for 40 hours a week. You're probably working way more than 40 hours a week. But I always say things like, if your doctor, I mean, if you had a problem with something, an upcoming surgery, or you had a question about an upcoming surgery, and it was bothering you on Saturday afternoon at four o'clock, do you think he's going to pick up the phone if you want to email him or call him, right? Or or I'm going to have to pay extra to do so. (laughs) Right. You might pay $500 (laughs) to get him or his, his assistant or somebody on the phone. But we are professionals. You've gone to school for a degree. You've worked very hard to earn your credentials. And even though in society you think, well, it's not the same, it is the same. And unless we start honoring our time and start setting those boundaries and actually staying with them, nobody else will. It all starts with us. We need to own our own power here. So if it's Sunday morning and you have an angry parent emailing you, you shouldn't even know about it. Don't be checking your email. I don't put my work email on my phone. Right. That's like, that's my one down to myself. It's like, you know what? You can wait till Monday morning. Like it happens over the weekend. There's no speech emergency. No one's going to like, you know, lose their R sound over the weekend and like, you know, yeah, Yeah. poke on their saliva. Like it's not going to happen. (laughs) It's so true, but we've, it feels like an emergency to us, especially like when you're a new teacher, you're worried about your contract. You're worried about, you just think you have to live and breathe for this job. And the reality is that's why we're going to be burnt out. That's why we're going to not have that separation. And we can't survive that way long term. So, I mean, I really encourage you, if you haven't already set office hours, to put that in your next newsletter, to communicate that with parents right away and let parents and your children, your students know, this is these are the hours that I'll be answering phone calls and checking email. And that's it. And My last piece of advice for you when it comes to learning, I seriously call this the art and practice of separating school from life, is that 
you might want to take some really a deep look at yourself because I had to. Are you addicted to busyness? Because I think we're conditioned in our society to believe that if we aren't busy, we aren't being productive. And for me, like I mentioned the endorphin hit when I check off things on my to-do list, that idea of busyness becomes like a drug. Like the busier we are, the more productive we are, the more we get done, the more accomplished we feel, and the more externally validated we feel. Because, oh, we can post that picture on Instagram of this amazing thing I did. It feels good. but And there's something really satisfying about having such a productive day, right? Like I'm the same way. But I think we need to start separating busyness from being productive. And that's why limiting my to-do list has been so freeing to me, right? I can feel productive and like I've accomplished something every day without needing to be busy all the time. And it's subtle, like it's a subtle distinction, but it's such an important one because you can still be accomplished and productive and get the most essential things done without needing to be busy all the time. So as long as we can start cutting those boundaries or giving ourselves those boundaries. So true. And they also say perfectionism is a sign of procrastination too. Yes, yes, it is. I slow myself down and I realize, oh, if I'm working on a presentation, it's I'm working way too long on the slides because why? I don't want to actually do the work of getting it done, right? I always tell SLPs, go with your gut. And yes. your stu- and if it doesn't go right, your students don't know it doesn't go as didn't go as planned. Right. Nobody knows. No one knows. It's that's why they're with you because they need help. Like they didn't know that it wouldn't then go as planned. Like yep. just keep that smile on your face, fix it for the next time. Like it's okay. Yes. It's okay. And I've noticed that when I do keep pushing, like when I'm like, no, no, it has to be perfect. It has to be perfect. And I keep pushing and keep pushing. And when I give in to that like addiction to busyness of being productive in the evening, I drag the next day. Like I'm not my best for my students. I'm not excited and and like the way I was the night before when I was actually doing the work, the next day when I'm actually with the students, I'm like tired and I'm pushing myself closer to burnout. So it's really hard to realize, but doing less actually makes you a better teacher because you do less better and you're able to come to school refreshed. So, but it's a daily practice. I always talk about it like giving up butter popcorn. For me, I just had to lose all my COVID weight. I know everybody struggles with COVID weight, I think, but I wanted, I fell into this habit of having butter popcorn every single Saturday night. I don't know why it was a comfort food with my, you know, with movies or whatever, but I had to discipline myself to start saying no. So I get that it's hard to tear yourself from the to-do list and to require less of yourself when you're so busy requiring so much. But when we can allow ourselves that grace and that space to slow down, it makes all the difference in the world. And I think you'll be happier as a teacher. And that's really the most important part of it all. Thank you so, so much, Lori. This is amazing. I know everyone is, whether they're a brand new SLP or a veteran SLP that's just needing to, that is feeling that burnout. It's a brand new year. We're ready to just finish the end of the school year strong. Where can everyone learn more about you and all the things you have to offer? Yeah. So they can find me on my podcast, Beginning Teacher Talk. Obviously, you love to listen to podcasts. We talk about all the things you wish you learned in university about teaching. So it's a really fun podcast. You can also connect with me on Instagram at Beginning Teacher Talk on, I'm sort of on TikTok, don't laugh, on Beginning Teacher Talk and um, on Facebook. We have a Beginning Teacher Talk Facebook group there as well. And I also have an ultimate classroom management checklist. If you would like to streamline your classroom management and become more confident in your classroom management and spend less time working in your classroom and actually more time enjoying teaching, I encourage you to check it out. And we'll have links to everything in the show notes. So thank you so, so much, Lori. I always end my episodes with a joke because 
Jokes are humor and fun. I love it. What did one plate say to the other? I want more butter popcorn. <laughs> Close. No, really. Dinner is on me. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so good. I love it. All right, everyone listening, I hope you found this valuable. Share it with a friend. Let your new teachers in your school know about Lori and everything she has to offer. And maybe we, too, will be on Oprah one day. And until next week, guys, stay out of trouble. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of SLP Coffee Talk. It means the world to me that you're tuning in each and every week and getting the jolt of inspiration you need. You can find all of the links and information mentioned in this episode at my website, speechtimefun.com. Don't forget to follow the show so you don't miss any future episodes. And while you're there, it would mean the world to me if you would take a few seconds and leave me an honest review. See you next week with another episode full of fun and inspiration from one SLP to another. Have fun, guys.